1: Fends from dummy half. It's with the halfback Williams.
0: Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker. bounces away from a would-be from De Guise. Puts a kick out wide, looking for Earl, and Earle is in again. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Stop it! It's starting to hurt. Can't hear Rugby heart. league. Rugby
1: Hello and welcome to episode three of the Supercoach Playbook pre-season podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. I'm joined by my regular guest tonight, the Supercoach Spice, Uh, and a very special guest joining us tonight who will be on uh, hopefully for the rest of the season if he does a good job with Walson Carlos. Walson, how are you, mate?
2: Oh, yeah, good, boys. Uh, Great to be on and uh, looking forward to um, the year with SC Playbook.
1: Beauty, mate. And Um, You're more than a one-hit wonder. You're you're a runner-up last year narrowly by not too many points behind our our other contributor, Des Creek, uh, and you had a pretty good year in 2018 as well.
2: Yeah, I did, actually. I was pretty happy. (laughs) At the time, I thought that was really good. I'd come 475th, and I got my key ring about a year later. Um, And (laughs) They took a while to come out, as you would have probably seen those people that followed on on uh, the social medias and that but um yeah I uh, lucky enough to jag second last year and um, hopefully in 2020 i'll be up there again
3: Right, you are a man in form at the moment, and man, if, it, uh, if it keeps going that way, you're due to win it. So it's looking good for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just quickly, quickly a bit of background about you with your footy. Unfortunately, you're you are a Queenslander. We
1: have there's a lot of New South Welshmen on this uh, of our contributors. So nice to change it up a little bit and save a bit of bias. But um, you've got a bit of a footy background too, as well in coaching and a player back
2: in the day. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I've, I've had a little bit to do with footy. So I'm a school teacher now, but um, had a few professional. Jobs uh, in rugby league and um, not not at the NRL level, of course, but um, for the Queensland rugby league and and some other organisations, and done a bit of coaching, um, even administrating and and uh, a lot of a lot of junior development. So I love my footy. Um, played semi professional until I busted both my knees. So uh, good old story. But um, yeah, look, uh, I, I do uh, live for footy, so um, I'm always watching it. That's so they all say, mate. It was on the verge
1: of cracking the NRL, then, then the knees went on me.
2: <laughs> I'll take that, mate. Nah, nah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't up there, mate. So, I, But um, I, really, I really love the game and, and certainly get an avenue to um, connect with it through Supercoach.
1: Yeah, good stuff, mate. Lucky to have you on here. A uh, couple of quick little things. Uh, there were a few questions during the week about – um, a little bit of confusion about this being a classic Supercoach podcast or a draft one. Uh, this is definitely a Supercoach classic podcast. We will touch on a few draftings here and there, but we'll make mention of it when we do. But uh, basically, overall, we are yeah, we're a Supercoach classic podcast. There's plenty of good draft ones out there to listen to as well. Um, we're available now on Spotify, Apple, and SoundCloud. You can find us at SC Playbook. Um, jump on and have a look at the website. It's coming along quite well, scplaybook.com.au. Um, Matty Ryan, Socceroos goalkeeper, did a Q&A with us this morning. Loves his super coach. Um, Jared Krokar contributed for us and he did his team for us yesterday
3: so you can see what he's got. Um, so, we're, yeah, we're looking okay. Yeah, I just want to mention that whilst it isn't a draft podcast as such, there is plenty of content on the site if you want to work about draft strategies and positions. Yeah, the Squire's got the cover. All right, let's get on to the stuff that everyone cares
1: about, and that is the Coach. We're going to start off with the major news of the week uh, and the Supercoach ramifications from, ramifications from that. The big one was John Bateman. He's gone for shoulder surgery. The Raiders were trying to rehab his shoulder um, after the his English stint at the end of last year, the test footy of the Great Britain, should I say. Um, he's now in doubt for round one. The Raiders have Hudson Young, who's another gun back, young gun back row, who's out until round six, still on eye gouge charges. Um, so the Pages look like they could be lacking a little bit in the back row. Wilson, I'll start with you. John as has this shoulder put you off him?
2: Oh, I think so. I think most people will probably be turned off him a little bit coming off shoulder surgery, and he does a lot of tackling, and he's got an explosive game where he shrugs off players, but um, so he did have a bit of trouble with it during the season uh, last year. So, um, yeah, I won't be starting with him, but um, he'd be a brave person who did.
1: It would, yeah. I see him, honestly, to be pretty unlikely for round one. I, I can see him missing the first few weeks of the year. Um, this, this definitely wasn't something that Canberra accounted for, I don't think, in the pre-season, reading into a few things. Um, the opportunity it opens up for me is a guy that I was keen on already and a guy I started with last year. We won't get into that too much. We probably will is Joe Tappany, who there's an edge role open up for him now. Now, I know Tapney wants to be playing in the middle, which surprises me a little because he's so good in attack on the edge. Um, it looks like he'll be playing big minutes on an edge should Bateman miss out. You know, Hudson's still gone there. Elliot Whitehead will be the other back rower. Um, Corey Horsberg is the other guy that the Raiders have been they're going to throw him on an edge a little bit in the preseason and just see how it goes, which is interesting, but. We'll see how that turns out. Joey Tappany, for me, 362K. uh, In 2018, he averaged 63 points per game in 77 minutes. Had a few injuries last year. Dropped back to 39 points per game in 44 minutes per game. Um, I really do like him, and I think he'll be a mid-ranger for me to start the year. Spy, what are you thinking?
3: Look, you love... Joey Taffany, and I do as a player. I've personally never been a big fan supercoach-wise. I just don't know if those minutes are going to be there consistently. That's always my concern. We know the upside's there from a playing point of view, which equates to points. But personally, I'm a no. However, looking at that price, obviously it's someone you need to consider once more news filters through about the Raiders lineup to start the year. Yeah, very
1: nice. Next on the agenda, Adam Dwayhe at the Tigers. We, we touched on him last week. We thought he was going to be going there. That's been confirmed that he'll be the Ties He's going to start as fullback by the sounds of it. And the word is that he will be the goal kicker for them. Uh, 343K, another mid-ranger, Walson and the interest
2: in Dwayne. Oh, I've got some mild interest in him. I mean, I wouldn't say I've penciled him into my team, but um, he's certainly one that I haven't crossed off the list yet. It's hard to know. It's a risky play. Like, it's hard to know what role he'll play. He wasn't a big super coach scorer at South Sydney, but um, then they've got a totally different attack, the West Tigers. I am interested in a number of their players that we'll probably talk about later, but um, I I don't have – I've probably got a mild interest in the way – Yeah, Um, the the thing for me
1: with him, let's look at the numbers. He looks like one of them guys who probably isn't going to be overly supercoach relevant, and I know he's piqued a lot of interest as a a relatively new goal kicker, always does in supercoach, but when he was at the Rabbitohs, just about all his games he played were at fullback last year. He averaged, I think it was about 78 minutes per game, so there's no increase in minutes. He only averaged 37 points per game last year. The Tigers... They, they kicked three goals a game last year on average, so let's add 10 points on with a missed conversion. That bumps his average up to 47. He's playing a far inferior attacking side to South Sydney, like massively. Um, you're looking at, I think, a 100K price rise max with some okay scores, maybe a
3: 50 average if the Tigers take off an attack. I just don't see much upside there. Yeah, look, i probably agree with you boys. Probably the only <laughs> thing I'll throw in is... From a style point of view, do they look to someone like Adam Dwahi more than when he played at South Sydney? Obviously, South was pretty set. They had that gun left edge. Tigers need points. Maybe he gets a bigger role in attack, but obviously we we'll are taking the pump. That's going to happen because you won't know that to round one. I don't think he'll probably hurt you too much, but is there a better option there in the mid ranges? There probably is, and something to decide, obviously, as we get closer to the season. Yeah, nice.
1: Um We'll just touch this one really quickly because it did come up during the week and it did pique a lot of interest in the Supercoach community and the NRL community, but Cooper Johns, the son of Matty Johns, has been like they all are, training the house down this time of season. He's probably lost a bit off his skin folds. That's another one they throw out there. Um, apparently he's applying a bit of pressure for Heart duck with Jerome Hughes there at the moment. Are we buying into it at all or is it a little bit of a hoo-ha?
2: I am, I am a little bit, actually. I'm not real keen on... Um... Jerome Hughes. I mean, he played some good footy at the back end of the year, but uh, obviously he was unseated by the great player Pappenhausen, but um, I think he's more of a utility player, that role that he played for uh, the New Zealand Test side. I'm not sure if he's a genuine halfback. I think they're looking for a genuine halfback to replace Cooper Cronk. They didn't find it um, in Brodie Croft, and now he's gone to the Broncos. So I think it's inevitable that someone will come through as a genuine halfback for that Melbourne Storm side, but whether it's this year or not, remains to be seen.
1: So what do you think of his round one chance? Is that a little bit optimistic or possibly?
2: I would say they're 50-50. I reckon they're 50-50. If you looked at Craig Bellamy, he tends to err on the side of the experienced player, the player that's consistent and has proven themselves, but given the set-up of the team and um, that they're really ready for another half-back, um, and, they, and there was whispers that they were considering playing Smith at halfback. I reckon it's 50-50. I reckon he's a chance. Well And I suppose the thing is as well,
1: I've spoken about this in the past, but when you've got Cam Smith there at Hooker running the show, you can afford to have a young, inexperienced halfback in there. It's like where most teams aren't afforded that luxury, but I really do think
3: Melbourne can, are the one team that can get away with it. So who knows? Spite? Look, it's super interesting. It's um, it's good to hear you say that, Wilson. 50-50 is a big one for round one. I thought it was no chance when I first read the article yesterday, but obviously, when you think about how the storm play, they're crying out for maybe that little bit of added direction. Munster's more of a genuine five-eight ball runner. Jerome Hughes is a similar mould, so perhaps Belichick does want that sort of more direct style of halfback.
2: Yeah, it has it
3: has a few permutations
2: too, boys. Um, if it does play out, because you'd imagine that Jerome Hughes goes on a bench that's normally full of four forwards and then whose minutes does it increase? Does it increase Brandon Smith's minutes? Does it increase for minutes? And those are super coach relevant players, probably more Brandon Smith, but who who you know, Timmy, I'm keen on, but um, it it could have some ramifications. Even the front rowers, Jesse Bromwich and um, Nelson Solomona, um, if he was to get 50 to 55 minutes, um, Nah, see, you know, he, he could be really super coach
3: relevant. That's a very huge. good point. And I think we just saw why he finished so high last year. Absolute <laughs> class, mate. What are you doing talking to us?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um right, next on the list is again, you, you probably don't want to buy into this too much, but there has been a lot of talk about the Enigma himself, Sean Johnson. Uh he's come he's come out recently. We touched on this last week, but he said his body wasn't NRL ready last year. He was too weak for the NRL. He says he's got himself on track this year. He came back a week after the Kiwi test, back to Canola for training, straight back into it. Reckons he's good to go. He reckons his kicking is – I mean, he kicked about 76% last year. It wasn't too bad. So
3: he, he I'm really intrigued by SJ and everyone's thoughts on him. Spire? He's just trying to – should I just put him on my side now and captain him? Because – I'll like the the man, as we spoke about last week. In all seriousness, though, my only question mark about around SJ at this stage of his career after a lot of injuries is maybe that lack of speed compared to three or four years ago. He's not quite as dynamic of a runner. He can still do it, but he relies on ballplay a lot. Not to say that's bad for supercoachs. There's plenty of try assists, repeat sets, and all the rest still to come. He's still a good goal kicker. And look, if he's healthy, we all know my thoughts. I love him. Can I fit him in? I'm not sure, but keep an eye out. I'll be very interested to hear what yes, Austin thinks.
1: and it's just – he's played over 18 games in the season once in the last five years. He did average 80 points in the last eight games of the last season, which is just – I mean, we know he can do it. We know how good he is. The one thing against him for me, because I'm getting closer and closer to picking him as well, especially with the dual half, 5-8 status, I think he's massive this year um, – so the Sharks, to start the year, play the Rabbitohs, the Storm, the Knights, the Dogs, the Roosters, and then the Broncos, which is pretty savage. I don't want to get into runs yet, but Wilson, what are your thoughts on SJ?
2: Yeah, oh, SJ's in my team, and, and he has been for a number of years, but he's one of those picks that's sort of like a favourite. He's one of my favourite players. Uh, I was a, I'm a Warriors fan. Um, I, but in saying that also, he's a great super coach player, and even though people have said he's a roller coaster, if you have a look at his stats, he's not really. Like, he. Um, I think he's, he's a player that it worries me a little bit what you said. He's only played 18 games. But he, But if you have a look at his games, he's played 18 games. Like, he's never had a season where he plays six games or something like that. So he hasn't had major injuries. He just needs to get his hamstrings right. I'm not worried at, at all about lack of pace. I like Cronulla, the way they're coming together as a team. Um, if they can sort out the Dugan situation, um, one of the things, and it's going to be one of my articles that I put on SC Playbook, that you have to keep in mind for the Cronulla Sharks is they're not playing at home this year. They don't play any games at home. They play all their games out of Cogra, is my understanding. So that's I think Field Stadium. A few win.
1: Yeah, they're all. Yeah, over. there might even be a couple of Bankwest. They're all over the shop.
2: So if you did that to any team, I think that's going to bring down your scoring and that's going to bring down your scoring average. So that's something that you have to moderate it with. But at the moment, you know, dual position player, he's shown his class. So um, Sean Johnson's in my side at the moment. Nice.
3: Wilson, well, you're my new best mate. And, um, <laughs> just quickly, I wanted to add that he has a really, really good um, edge combination there with his back rowers. So that's something i will probably build on this year as well. So there's a lot of points available and G, I'd like to get him in, so we'll see how we go.
1: Yeah. Next one on the list is, which came up today, actually, is the Broncos' back row rotation. Uh, so I, I thought it would start out with Alex Glenn on the edge with Dave Fafida, TPJ playing lock. TPJ has said that he wants to play on an edge, and Seabold came out today and said that it has, they're in a three-way tussle. Well, Fafida's got a spot locked in, and then it's TPJ and Glenn vying for the other edge, so... I mean and, and then Joe Offengahi expected to play Locke if he's good to go for round one. It's really interesting because I mean T P J will offer more than Alex Glenn, who's very very solid footballer. But when the you're that stacked with forwards, you know, do you bring T P J off the bench as, as a bit of a explosion, X Factor off the bench? You can still play decent minutes. Um what are your thoughts
2: there, Wilson? <laughs> I think the Broncos is the most intriguing side in Supercoach this year. I, I, I thought it was Cronulla last year, but um, I'm very high on the Broncos. Um, as you've seen in some of my articles, I think Seabold gets another – he gets a full preseason with them and he gets to um, imprint his style onto them. And, and I'm uh, very high on Seabold as a coach, as a modern coach. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, the pack. It's sort of like um, Alex Glenn – stands out like the proverbial because he's the, he's the old fella and he's really a grinder, whereas the uh, the rest of the pack is is explosive. But, um, I mean, I I think most people, I think feeder will be one of the five highest owned players. I think most people will put him for feeder. I might be wrong. I, I haven't had a look at the stats on there at the moment. Um, in terms of the other lads, they're not really relevant to me. I'm not keen on TPJ. Um, I'm not keen on um, Alex Glenn or Offen Gawieh. Um, who was the other one? Um, that was pretty elite well for the back row. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, they're, they're not really relevant to me. I mean, there's some players there like Turpin and things like that that I'm really interested in. But um, I, th- I I think lock in for feeder and then um, move on. I mean, in the front row, obviously, you're going to have Hass, and I think Lodge is a massive pod that I'm considering very, very seriously because um, the only concern is how does he – how does Seabold rotate his bench and how many minutes does um, Flagler and Carrigan?
1: I'm, I'm really, really intrigued. I'm with you as well, because they've got Flagler and Carrigan who are weapons and they're so highly highly regarded at the Broncos. Um, you've got, I know you wrote today that McCulloch, you know, does he even get a start off the bench this year? Turpin will start. Is he, is he the in minute hooker? In which case, they have four, a four-forward rotation on the bench like big men. Um, and then if you've got... T.P. Joan and Edge, like Alex Glenn on the bench. I just don't know where these minutes are going to go. And I've got Fafida as my first board this year based on him playing 80 minutes. But if he drops back to
3: 60, I'm still picking him. But, boy, there's a lot of appeal that, that falls out there, Spy. Yeah, I agree with Wilson's comments around Seabolt. Another year with him pre-season under the belt. I love his style of footy, especially at CS a couple of years ago. So we have we won't touch on this now, but certainly keep an eye on the Broncos backs. That's for sure. And a dry, dry track at Suncorp under that style of footy, they they definitely want to watch. Yeah, nice. Uh, I
2: just, I just say one thing on that, Tim, is Seibold um, has shown a propensity to carry Blake's on the bench and not necessarily play them in games, which sounds really strange, but. With a player like Payne Haas who can nearly punch out 75 to 80 minutes a game, don't be surprised if he carries, um, like there's been a little bit of talk of some of the utilities there. I just can't think of their name at the moment. They've got some young utilities there. He may carry blokes that can play like an outside back role if someone gets injured. You know, he's got Jack Bird there who's had a history of injuries. So um, don't be surprised if he plays with a three-forward rotation. Yeah. And, I mean, the other thing on that, is you've
1: got Payne Haas, you've got Matt Lodge, who are both blokes who can play 60-plus minutes in the front row, TPJ, who can do the same at lock. Um, so uh, you, you nailed it. Like, he, he can afford to do it, Seabold. So, 100%. One yeah. um, I'll talk to you about, because I think this is massive going into the year and everyone has a different opinion on it. I'm more intrigued on, uh, you know, the past – can't call you the past champion – the past runner-up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, a past runner-up's opinion on it uh, and yourself by <laughs> – it's just when you look at schedule analysis and, and fixtures, and we touched on it last week, but the reason I do it is because I, I, I'd locked in Cleary for round one. Then I look at his draw to start the year of Roosters, Dragons, Storms, Broncos, Raiders. Then look look at someone like Moses, who has the Dogs, Titans, Cowboys, Dragons, Tigers, Bulldogs. And I'm just thinking, well, I think Cleary's a better supercoach player, but I want
3: Moses because of his run. <laughs> Spy, like how big is this? I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of weeks. I think there's two parts to this. First of all, I genuinely think the easy run early in the year is a little bit of a myth. Even even looking at Mitchie Moses, Bulldogs, Titans, Bulldogs again, that sort of stuff, Bulldogs could well come out defending their butts off. Working hard wouldn't surprise me at all. Points might not that be that easy to come by, and I'm just not convinced Mitch has such an easy run as it looks on paper. On the flip side, though, I've got clear and I've spoke about him in depth. I would look at the real top two, three defensive sides that are hard to score on. I think you look into that more than you look into an easy run. That's my thoughts, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Walton?
2: Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I think I read that in one article, spy, and I sort of agreed, but I'm conflicted, really conflicted by it, because Moses plays games at um, that new stadium. I just can't think of the name. Western Sydney West. West. Bank West, yeah, that's it. And I mean, like, they've just exploded there, the Eels. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Eels. Um, uh, but they just exploded there last year and, and if they can replicate that in any way, and you'd think they would, because the majority of games they play there, including that uh, semi final game where they beat the Bronx. Was that was that that was at Bank West, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they just – they're a different team. They're, they're, they're sort of like they're walking on air. So um, I've had a real good look at it and they play a number of games there. So that's why I'm really seriously considering
3: Moses and um, and a number of the Parramatta boys. Yeah, just on that, Bankwest slash Parramatta Stadium is traditionally in, the, in its first year very dewy come mid-season. It's hard to play footy at night. But the start of the year is in early March. It's still basically summer. It's hot and dry. So you can really look into that. I think early home games for Para, and also the back end of the year when the weather's getting good again could be huge points rather than the middle of the year when it does get damp and dewy. So, so yeah, I re- think
2: another thing. I think sorry, Tim. I think another thing is um, people, and it probably cost me Super Coach in the end because I was considering captaining him in the last uh, last round of the year, taking it right to the death against Desi. But people. May get carried away by the 194 or 195 or whatever Cleary got against a Newcastle side that are basically given up. Um, yeah. So that padded his average somewhat. But I know that people are saying, "Oh well, you know, when he plays without Maloney and that." But essentially, Cleary is still a runner for me. Like he's a running player. So if you've got those better defensive sides, as a coach, you're just going to say, "You know, stay on him. Don't take his dummy." you know, Newcastle took his dummy three or four times. It was appalling defence. That's, yeah. okay. That's
3: for sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. So basically, the verdict there is that the Spy doesn't look into runs too much. Walson's conflicted and I tend to favour <laughs> easy runs. So we've offered nothing there, but... I was looking for an answer myself. I'll get, I'll get back to you. I'll think about yeah. it some more, and
3: I'll come up with a decision.
1: All right. We looked into <laughs> halfbacks and hookers last week. So if you're struggling there a little bit, uh, we looked at pretty well all the key players. So you go back and have a listen to the Week 2 podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to look at centres. We've got a lot to get through. We probably won't get through them all, but we'll do our best. Uh, we're just going to go through the top dogs one by one. I'll do... We'll do a cheapy special podcast in a week or two um, as we get a little bit clearer of a picture. So we've left out the main cheapies. We're just talking about the top guns. Um, We'll start with the obvious one in Latrell Mitchell. Um, Walson, round one, new club, 650K, probably not kicking goals. Any
2: temptation? No, I won't waste much time on Latrell. I mean, I'm a big fan of him. He's always ended in my team. comes down to whether he's goal-kicking and you want to take a massive risk.
3: Yeah, that's right. 100% agree. I won't be touching him, Um, hopefully, later in the year when he fires up and maybe goal kicks. He probably won't. But, yeah, not to start with. Yep.
1: so I won't be starting with him either, but I will say one thing. He averaged four goals a game last year at the Roosters, so take off, say, a misconversion. That's 14 points a game in goals. Moving to fo- He also averaged 7.5 runs a game. Yeah. Let's say he bumps up and has seven more runs at fullback, which I think is very realistic. Definitely. He's making up what he's kicked in goals by his positional shift and he's getting more touches of the ball.
2: Does that counteract it or am I kidding myself? Oh, uh, my, my question, Mark, over the trail, as, as everyone's, is, is does he have the motor to do it? You know, like has he actually put in time over the preseason to get himself fit, he, you know, and I'm not being derogatory because he's one of the greatest centers. He'll probably go down as one of the greatest centers to play the game, but he takes some runs sometime and he exerts so much energy that he has to rest for, you know, almost two or three sets just to get over it. You know, that's just the way he plays. He's an explosive player. I just, you know, there's so many positional demands and talking demands um, defensively and attacking wise at fullback. Um, That's a huge question mark over him. I hope he does it. He's a great player and, He'd be an unbelievable player at fullback, and English did it, but um, that's my
3: huge question mark every. Yeah, hundred percent agree.
1: Um, Spy, this is one I know you're pretty keen on. Micah Seva at five forty-eight k. We just spoke about the eel soft run to start the year. So he scored twenty-two tries last year, had twenty-seven line breaks. Um,
3: look, are we looking at a regression, or are we looking at a pod for round one? I've strongly considered this all week. I put Seva on one of my sides when I was tinkering with it, and. I really think he could be huge this year. He's got so much raw talent. He's going to learn the game more and more. I thought he got better as he went last year. Um, looking at that early run, even though I don't look big into runs, he doesn't have the likes of the top three or four defensive sides. I'm half thinking about starting with him as a pod and just seeing what happens, If see if he can explode. I'll decide soon. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson?
2: I don't think he'll start in my team just because I'm not spending that much money on... My centre wings, um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone who started him, particularly with uh, Parramatta's draw, although that, as the spy said, that can be a bit false um, sometimes. Uh,
3: but, yeah, I'm not going to start with him, but I don't think he's a total scratch. Yeah, I, w- I will say I probably won't have the money to start with him. If we get a lot of cheapies coming out of the blue, then that's something I'll look at, but that's yeah. something that forced me away from that decision early.
1: Yeah, I'm a little bit cold on him just based on the fact that, <laughs> His numbers last year were ridiculous. I know it was his debut season, but you just feel like maybe there'll be a little bit of regression at some regression at some point, so maybe not. No belief, mate. No, no. Belief. no. Um, shout out to the Gund- Gundagai Tigers while we're at it, who, yeah. who brought him over from Fiji and made that man. So I'm just oh, all on them. Go, Gundy. Um, next up is Bronson Sherry. Whilst I'm going to throw straight to you, 520K. Uh, I
2: had him all last year. Won't have him this year, I don't think. Why's that? Um, Cronulla playing away from home. I mean, he's a player that's possibly on the way up, but they need to get a little bit more balanced in their attack. I'm not sure which side he's going to play. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to line up Cronulla. There's too many, um, too much uncertainty. And, um, he's too highly priced for me to buy into Sherry.
3: right. Yeah, I like his upside a lot. Uh, a little bit in the Sevo mould of um, just a devastating finisher mm-hmm. on his feet and all the rest. In saying that, I won't start with him. I'd love him to drop a little in, bit in price, then find his feet and slot him into my side up to six to eight rounds, something like that. it yeah. Won't be starting.
1: See, so he's he's the back line. I've very typically always gone to the pretty straightforward guns and cheapies method to start the year, and the cheapies have all been in centre wing. And to be honest, it's, it's bit me in the bum a little bit in the past because – you've got these four cheapy centre wings who can just bust out 15s and 20s and it just kills you and it'll hurt me a little bit. I'm tempted by Sherry and, and i Wilson said on the balance with the Canola side, inj- they've never really got it right the last two years because of injuries to keep players, but if he's playing on that left edge outside Wade Graham who just creates so much haste for those outside backs, yeah. um, I'm really tempted by him. He's more than a finisher. I like He creates as good as any outside back in the competition and I... I think he's X-factored a ton up.
3: He's as good as anyone in the game, really. So he's one I've got my eye on. I can't argue with that, by the way, because his upside's tremendous and he might be a keeper all year. You can lock in from round one. So it's risky, but I see what you're saying then. Yeah. Back yeah. um, at you, Spy. Ken the Marlow, 557K. Another guy you're pretty keen on. Yeah, he's just rock solid in terms of good base stats, runs the ball a lot, very good finisher. Hopefully the Warriors are slightly on the up. Um, I'm a bit of a fan of the Warriors too, Wilson, whilst they're not my side. I love watching them. I'd love to see them do well. Um, He only really came onto the super coach scene last year, so there's that that you don't have the consistency over years. But, look, he's not too bad. Again, I probably won't start with him, but I'd love him on my side if he can show signs of what he did last year, and I'll be very interested in what Wilson has to say.
2: Yeah, I think um, I, I always used to have Marnie Batavai in my side, so I was a big mm-hmm. fan of Batavai, But um, I think Mamalo is similar to him, um, obviously not quite as good. He's a great finisher, though. So, um, again, I'm going to scratch him. I'm not going to waste too much time on it, boys, because he's too highly priced for my centre wings. Um, unfortunately, you know, keep an eye play player watch on him throughout the year. If I think he's going to get really, really hot, I might – I mean, but it's probably unlikely I'll
3: have him all year. Yeah, it's a huge
1: watch. Yeah, 17 tries last year, 20 line breaks. Base per game was phenomenal at 35. But just for a bloke who prior to last year never averaged over 41 in a season, it's it's too much risk at that price. Um, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this guy because he's so reliable. You know what you're going to get. But we'll hop wide, eh? 5.32. 38 base per game, which is ridiculous. But I think mean, the issue with Hopewyde is just that he's playing at the Dogs, and it's hard to come by attacking stats there. The same thing. I, I won't begrudge and such anyone by going in because he'll probably average pretty solid. But I just, you know, yeah, it's a
3: safe selection, but it's a lot of money at the same time in your centers. Yeah, that's all it is.
1: Um, a far more appealing one, or on the on the hot topic of a men, a lot of super coaches. Ryan Toor, 527k, set the world alight last season. Uh, 33 base stats per game, which for a rookie winger is unheard of. Uh, Wilson, any interest
2: in him? Yeah, massive interest in him. Uh, He's one of about five players, five or six players that I've penciled in to go, okay, let's have a serious look at him, see how he trials, see how uh, Penrith's new attack goes and and, uh, how he plays into it. Um, I could well start with him. I love his tackle break ability. I love watching him play. So... um, but um, at the moment, uh, I, haven't, I haven't really penciled any centre wings into my side, but he, he's definitely on the watch list.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, I love him as well, Brian. Oh, he's um, come on the scene last year, absolutely out of the gate, such a strong runner, tackle buster, finisher. Um, I probably won't start with him. I'll probably look to start with one of those centres with upside as a bit of a POD play. It could be tough, but I think it probably will be someone else. But I think you need to keep an eye on him because the kid can play footy. He's very, very good. Yeah, very nice. Uh,
1: again, another guy we don't need to spend too much time on is an experienced campaigner. He'll deliver pretty solid. But Blake Ferguson at 505K, uh, he dropped to an average of about 54 last year from something like 64 the year before. The main one for him was his base stats dropped from 36 to 29. Um, his big year was obviously in that rampant rooster side, but at the same time, the yeah, he was put on a lot of points last year. I can see them doing similar this year. I can't see myself going there, but I'll be honest, of these elite guys, he's one that I like a little bit more
3: than a few others. Sky? I sort of had a look at it during the week, and I think he might be a little bit of a super coach myth. That's a big call, but he had a big year the previous season. Outside of that, he's never averaged super high, despite his really good base stats. And with the Sevo on the left edge, they love going that way. The eels. I just don't think you'll get all to warrant picking someone at that price. I'd rather someone else. Yeah, Wilson can't have him. Just because you don't like him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I
0: don't
2: dislike him. I mean, I don't even know him, but I just I I won't have him at that price.
1: Yeah, fair shout. Uh, Daniel Tupu at the Roosters. Always an intriguing one. Uh, Wilson, does he pique your interest at all, or? <laughs>
2: I will say this, with the rule changes, he piques my interest somewhat. And, and and if we go back on Blake Ferguson, it'll help someone like him as well. These aerial players where they can't get tackled in the air, even if they're an attacking player, is something you have to take into consideration. That's a big rule change because previously, if someone was getting, is in the air, you're allowed to push them out if they're an attacking player. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you know, he's got a kicker like Moses um, and, you know, they've obviously got Dylan Brown, who's a, who's a good kicker as well. But some of these wingers, um, and that's why I think the kid from Broncos, um, young Xavier Coates, who's awesome in the airs, he's yeah. going to want contention. Mm. Yeah,
3: smart. Um, Tupac's look. I don't not like him, but I just don't know if the upside's there. He's already played outside Teddy and Latreau last year, and whilst he was yeah. decent enough, I just don't know where how he gets better. He's
1: got regression written all over him. He hasn't scored a ton in two years, um, which in that Rooster side blows my mind. He, he averaged 30 base per game, which is pretty stunning in that side to only average 56 points, it's amazing. which there's nothing wrong with. But again, you'd have to think there's got to be some sort of regression in the Roosters in general. <laughs> Um, he doesn't have the
3: trail inside him now, so yeah. I actually prefer Ryan Hall as a super pod if he gets a start. I'd love Ryan Hall if he gets in, hundred percent. Yeah. So, give
1: us your quick thoughts on Hall. You wrote about him in uh, your Players of Intrigue article, which are absolute belters, by the way. They cut into three parts. Jump on the website and check him out. Tell us a bit about Hall because you piqued
2: mind interest as well. Oh, I just think Hall was brought over, and he was a he was an English uh, representative player, and and the Roosters. They don't really recruit poorly. Um, he never got much of a chance because he was injury prone and um, for one reason or another he never broke into the side I think he's a player because of his build he needs to run into some nick as well. If he gets a full preseason, uh, pre-season underneath him, um, he is a class finisher and he's a very good runner of the footy and he'll get some tackle breaks and he'll get some um, 10-metre-plus runs and get some points. So, yeah, I, I, I like Hall because he's underpriced in my opinion. Yeah, and
1: even with
2: that, I mean, you were talking about before Billy Smith got injured, he was tipped for
1: that centre spot. You were talking about, well, as you said, he was the English winger. He was tipped for big things. The Roosters don't recruit poorly. Um, you thought maybe Morris would go to centre and Hall would come into the wing before Billy Smith. But, I mean, that's out of the conversation now because, unfortunately, Smith's done his – I think it was his ACL –
3: um, but, yeah, Spike? Yeah, just quickly on that, I think um, Ryan Hall was coming off a pretty bad injury as well. So last year he physically probably wasn't his best. So he can have a good, strong off-season, even though he's a little bit older. If you can get into that better shape, then he's a big one to watch. I'd happily have him in my side if he gets to start round one. Yeah. another guy we go, we don't need to talk
1: too much about, but our very own contributor, Jared Croker, the Raiders skipper, um, he's literally just as reliable as they come probably the most reliable wing in the game. He had his lowest season in years and years last year, with 53 points per game, which is certainly nothing to shy away from. Um, you know, here's what it he is, You know what you're going to get. Jump on and take a look at his team because it's it's pretty good. He's not an experienced super coach player, but he's had a crack at it. A bit of help from myself, I'll admit, but he, um, he looks all right. Um, a really interesting one, Essan Masters up at the Cowboys. Wilson, I know you uh, had a bit of intrigue
2: in him definitely uh, I think it comes down to whether Paul Green is gonna uh, open up his game store um, they've been criticized over the last two years for the least amount of offloads in the NRL um, I would think that green's probably on the chopping block I mean um, he won a comp with them but he hasn't done much since he's lost Thurston um, Morgan is erratic uh, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of Morgan he plays some good representative games but in terms of week to week, he's been on some good runs, yes, where he took them to a grand final unexpectedly and, and they got pumped. But and, and he he does have good play in him. But to me, I'm not sure he's a genuine half. He's more of a centre. So how does that relate to Isan Masters? Well, Isan Masters is one of the most prolific offloaders and that's where he used to get a lot of his points. If he is allowed to offload and goal kick, I want him in my team.
3: Nice. That's if he's goal-kicking, he's starting my side 100%. I think Valentine might goal-kick based on what he did at the Sharks a couple of years ago, so we'll fi- try to find that out. But I also watched a lot of the Tigers last year. He didn't get much footy, which took away opportunities to offload, tackle, bust, and run. If you can get more footy in an expansive green playing style, which I'm not convinced will happen, but if it does, then he's a huge watch, and I'm a big Masters fan, even without the goal-kicking, but... Obviously, the style of play is going to be dependent for how he scores.
1: Yeah, um, I've had a good look into the goal-kicking across the whole competition, article on that as well. I'll stop throwing back to that. But um, um, I on numbers alone, Vale looks a pretty clear-cut choice. But at the same time, if, if Martins has been even well in the preseason, who knows? Uh, just a quick yes or no, Wilson. If he doesn't get the goal-kicking, are you still interested? I'm still interested because
2: I, I still think he's underpriced for what he's done in the past.
1: Yeah, Nice. Um, probably one we don't need to touch on too much, but the bloke that flew out under the radar last year was Brian Kelly at the Titans playing that side who struggled for points. He's 509K, averaged 55 last year, 31 base per game. I mean, talk about super pods. If he was in, probably, it's a side who, who can only be on the up, so he could be anything. He's an
3: unbelievably talented footballer spy anything there? or I just wanted to say that I was a big fan of Brian Kelly coming out of Manly. Then he went north and probably flew under the radar because it was the Titans last year and they mm-hmm. struggled. He's such a good attacking player and um, he's one with upside. I won't personally be starting with him but maybe a little super pod there if you want to Have a crack. Yeah.
1: Um, A really intriguing one, I think, for the the whole of the competition, Braden Burns at 454K. Um, I believe he's in line to play the Nines next weekend. I I don't know if the Bunnies have released their squad yet, but it would be a really good show of faith in his um, durability after a few hamstring injuries last year.
2: Um, Wilson, any interest in Braden Burns? Yeah, massive interest there. Small sample size, but um, he looks underpriced based on what he can do. Um, lethal left edge for the Rabbitohs. So, I mean, it's just if he can stay healthy, you'd have to think he's going to earn your money and he's going to score. He's he's one of the more consistent. It sounds strange. It's a small sample size, but he looks to be one of the more consistently scoring centre wings that you can get.
3: Yep. So yeah. yeah. Like, he, I'm a big fan of him despite <laughs> him doing his hemi six minutes into the game last year when I brought him in. But if he's healthy... I, um, I'm a big Braden Burns fan. I've got him in my side at the moment. Money might be the only factor because I've also got a Sarko, and we may touch on shortly. But I'm a big, big, big fan. Of yeah, Burns. and I think. what healthy? And
1: so? I think when you're weighing up your round one teams, take a look at guys like. I think it's okay to have an injury-prone guy here or there with a bit of upside. Just don't pick Braden Burns and pick Andrew for feeder. Uh, and also Victor Vita Pangai Jr. and Sean Johnson, where if four of them go down in the first week, you're stuffed for the year kind of thing. So Definitely. Um, take a, a roll on one or two of them, but just make sure you don't have too many of them in your side. Yep, fresh um, I mean, the other one's Jack Bird at 500K, who could potentially be anything in Supercoach. We saw how good he was coming back from injury last year. Um, at a big price tag in you know, a Brisbane side, we all, all three of us see upside in. Walson, does he take any of your interest?
2: He interests me because I'm interested in most of the Broncos, but I don't think I'll pay that
3: much for him. right. Yeah, I won't start with him, but I probably wouldn't mind having him in my side as the year goes on. I like yeah. him. Uh, one of the more popular options at
1: Centre Wing, a bit cheaper, will be Jermaine Osako, who is tipped to be the goal kicker up at Brisbane. Uh, averaged 45 points per game in 2019 after a boom rookie year. Um, he only scored four tries last year, which is... Quite phenomenal for – I mean, Brisbane weren't great last year, but they still made the top eight. Um, Three games at fullback in 2018 is the only sample size we have there, but he averaged 61 points per game, which is, I mean, very small sample size, but promising enough. Um, Throwing the goal-kicking duties, um, we look like we're onto something pretty good here. Wilson?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, like, um, I think I'm leaning towards having him. But I'm just not sure how they get what style of play they're going to have. And whether he's got that top-level pace to get to the outside, man. Part of me says, you know, I could see Darius Boyd playing on the left wing and scoring 20 tries this year, just falling over the line. A little bit like Robert Jennings did for South Sydney, um, that shape that that they put on there, um, if Seabold can set it up. But I just, you know, what he did have, he had Walker, who's a very fast 5'8", and... He had the fullback that swept around the back, which was generally Inglis or Johnson. So um, they can replicate that. He could have a lot of tri-assists and um, and possibly even some line breaks as well. So, uh, yeah, I'd
3: say that he's probably in my side. Yeah, echoing that, he's in my side as well. I I like the upside. Yeah, I'll probably have him too. Um, The guy,
1: on the the other one for me at the Broncos is Tony Staggs who – I just love his super coach output. You know, he bust tackles. He's a busy. He runs a lot of ball. Um, he, he knows how to find the try line. He's a guy I'm. I don't have that price on me, but it's early four hundred thousand, maybe mid four hundred thousand. Um, Wilson, you're, you're on about the Broncos.
2: Is he one who's got your attention? I don't overly like centre wings that don't goal kick. So. Yeah. That's, that's what I work off. Do they goal kick or are they a prolific tackle buster? And that's why I'm considering Brian over and Asako Masters. So it's great to get those goal kickers in there because they give you a bit of a safety blanket. So um, I would say I- I'm probably going to give Katoni a miss. I think he's a great player, though.
3: Yeah, a reach out, Spike. Well, he's one of my favourite young players to start of – Put a note in my phone before the start of last season to watch out for David Fafita and Katoni Stags I've just seen a little bit of them and we've yeah. seen how talented they are last year. But I don't think I would start with him based on no goal kicking. However, I know you have some thoughts and you may just may just persuade me. Yeah,
1: yeah look, I am tempted. The only thing is, I, I, I'm tempted this year to to go with uh, one or two more expensive centre wings and buck the trend of what I've done in previous years. But I also don't think you can probably have afford to have too many of them in your side so whether or not he's better than a couple of those other four or five hundred k center wings i'm not too sure um last one i've got on my list here is a bit of a blast from the past but josh mansell who on all reports has got his body in order he's pretty fit and healthy um he came out only a couple of last day or two and said last year was really rock bottom year for him in his own words um struggled a little bit off the field as well as on the field uh he said he's he said the, the, the death of Kobe Bryant hit him really hard recently, and he sort of learned again, a short space of time, but to appreciate a few things anyway. Perspective, good interview yeah. out there. Um, seems to be in a really good mindset. Uh, he averaged 63 points in 2017. Uh, from 2017 to 2019, I'm not sure what that says. Uh, no, in 2017. Then in 2019, he averaged 45 points per game. He still had 31 in base, which for a centre yeah. wing is some serious numbers. Get a load of this—he scored one try last year on the moon for Penrith. That's unheard of. Yeah, so well. I'm looking at that and going, the base is there. Penrith, hopefully a team on the up. You <coughs> need to score a few more tries, and you've got a bloke who there's a bit of money to be made there. Wilson,
2: anything or clutching at straws? Yeah. Well, I just had a look at it then, and he he, he um, he's valued at a hundred and ten thousand less than Brian Toto. So you've got to look at that. But one thing that puts me off is clear, he's right side dominant. Clear, he's going to have to run a play. So, is he going to see much ball with Luau out there? You know, I'm not sure. He's a risk, but he could be, could well be a bounce back player because he's a good tackle breaker. I I won't have him because he's not a goal kicking. He doesn't have that goal kicking safety blanket. And um, I'd be too worried that too much ball is going to go right side. Yeah, clear.
3: yeah. Yeah, I can. Wouldn't begrudge anyone who wants to take a punt, but I'm um, with Wilson on that. Uh, he won't be in my side round one. Yeah,
1: fair yeah. share. Oh, well, that just about wraps up Centre Wings for tonight and the rest of the show. Wilson, good first hit
2: out, mate. Very sharp. Done well. Yeah, thanks, boys. I just want to mention three blokes that I had down here. I'm interested in Simonson and Kotrick. And how they fit into the picture with um, the problems that Scott's got at the moment. So, if the, for the listeners out there, keep a close eye on what happens with that centre position there. If if Simmonson gets a start, I was really impressed with him and Kotrick in the centres is interesting. And Kurt Mann, that that oh, Kurt Mann, is all the talk coming out of Newcastle is he's going to play five eight. Um, there's nothing. In his background, super coach wise, that says he's going to go great, but I feel like he's at that stage of his career, and Newcastle are on the way up that um, he could pose um, a bit of interest there for super coaches.
3: Yeah, yep. agree on Kurt. Man, he's got some upside there, and the Raiders are a good watch as well. Oh, yeah,
1: I've got a massive watch on Kotrick as well, and I think the way it'll pan out um, will be, I think. Kotrick, say, let's say Curtis Scott misses the first few rounds due to the disciplinary off field. There are only allegations, no confirmation, but should he miss the first few rounds, this could drag on a little bit. Um, Kotrick will definitely go to centre. Michael Oldfield, who is a weapon, uh, he'll come onto the wing. It'll be Bailey Simpson on the other wing. So I think there's plenty of interest there. And Kotrick, he's one who just, he's got a, an up year. He scored only a handful of tries last year and he's a gun try scorer. So yeah, he's got upside written all over him, Kotrick. Yeah. All right, Spy, thanks, mate. Thanks, boys. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, If you've got any feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at scplaybook1. Uh, Thanks for tuning in.